Blog Talk Radio. The following is a Post Time with Mike and Mike production. Coming up third, Liz Bird up the inside. Rock Diamond, wow! Four of them. Here is Rock Diamond and Mitchell Cushing. They win the gold cup in soccer. It's American history trying to dig in on the outside endeavor. Tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike, with your hosts Mike Carter, and the number one thousand for the third time, Aaron Merriman wins, and Mike Bozich. Down to the finish, turning a game winning the Betsy Ross over Caviar Alley at Apple Bottom Jeans, one forty nine and two, unbelievable. Welcome in to another Thursday rendition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association. Mike Carter joining you live from the Post Time with Mike and Mike studios here in Columbus, Ohio. What a great show we have for you here this morning. We're going to talk to Joanne Looney King here in just a little bit. She's bouncing back uh, with Shartan off a Horse of the Year performance. We'll talk about some of the two-year-olds that are hitting the track and some of the Horses in her stable uh, that are gearing up and getting ready to go here in 2020. How about the rivalry rivalry we saw last week between Manchego and Atlanta? We're going to talk to Yannick Jungra a little bit about that and how Atlanta came out of the race and what we could expect from her next. And then a late addition to the show, we're going to talk to Dave Brower about a couple of races coming up this weekend at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. The Graduate Series takes center stage at the Meadowlands after heading to Tioga Downs last week. A really great show coming up for you here over the next, uh, say, hour or so. It's going to be a fantastic program. And I'll tell you what, it's great to see some stakes racing uh, coming back into North America. Obviously, we kick things off with the role with Joe and the Graduate out of Tioga Downs. 
Better's wish. Um, how about that performance? Uh, while he finished third, he was last turning for home. Uh, we'll talk to Dave Brower a little bit about that effort. Backstreet Shadow was huge in that race as well. So lots coming up here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association. We're going to take a short time out. When we come back, we'll talk with Joanne Looney King. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USDA. Back in a flash. Every dream has a start, and this one is ours. To trot and pace fast, faster than all the others, and maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second-guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you... There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association. Mike Carter flying solo as Mike Bozich gets ready for an afternoon of live harness racing action at Harris, Philadelphia. We're joined now by Joanne Looney King. And Joanne, obviously, uh, 2020 uh, has not kicked off like any of us uh, thought it would. How did you guys uh, handle uh, the whole COVID-19 pandemic? And uh, are you guys glad to be back racing? Uh, well, you bet. Uh, you know how that is. You don't work for three months, you run out of money. So we're really anxious <laughs> to get back to work. And, uh, you know, we just did what we had to do. Uh, we, we kept our horses jogged up and trained up and just hope for the best because that's all you can do. And uh, it's a great country. It's a great business. Uh, we're we're going to turn it around. And, uh, hey, I got news for you. I plan on going back out there and get what I didn't get earlier in the year. So, uh that's how I'm looking at things. Well, let's talk first a little bit about Chartin. And uh, I tell you what, to do what she is doing at, uh, and, I, and I don't want to say her age like she's old, because that's not it by any sense of the word. But to continue to do what she has done thus far, I mean, she was, she is one for one already this year. Uh, she raced back in March at uh, Dover Downs in 150 in the invite has qualified really well uh, off the layoff. It's just unbelievable to see the kind of thing she is still doing, even after uh, three years of really full-fledged success. Uh, yeah, and, you know, when you talk about 
her age. She came here as a three-year-old in November. When she crossed the date line, I guess that's when they age a year. So when she landed in the barn, she aged a year, and a month later, she aged another year. So she aged two years and two months. So that's kind of a – she's really not as old as we think she is. But she's ready to to roll. She wants to go to work. She just stands there with her head out wondering, what is this all about? But, uh, yeah, she's – so far, so good, and uh, she has been put in the box to go race at Yonkers Tuesday night, and the mare is open. Whether it fills, whether it goes, I don't know. But our next stake race uh, planned is uh, Golden Girls uh, 718 uh, at the okay. Meadowlands. So we'll we'll see uh, we'll see what we can do till then. But uh, we're looking forward to getting back on the track with with her, and we have some other good mares too that are exciting and uh we plan to pull it pull it out uh the year 2000 uh, 2020 we're just going to pull it out and it's going to end up being a good year for us now joanne let's talk a little bit about kind of that layoff by this point in the year uh Charton would have probably raced in the blue chip matchmaker or a couple of other stakes races and had probably five to six starts uh maybe more under her belt and currently she's only got one how did she handle the layoff? Is she one that can, you know, was there any training differences for her or was it kind of business as usual? It's business as usual. She didn't get trained up as much early on. We weren't sure what we were doing, but, you know, we really didn't stop with anything and turn them out because we didn't know what was going to happen. But, you know, Jimmy keeps her trained up. He keeps them all trained up when, when uh, we put our horses in the box or ready to go and, you know, she's uh, she gained a little weight. You know, I heard her driver tell her when she went to qualify the other day she had a big ass. Wow. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm I saw that, that video. <laughs> so uh, she's ready. She she wants to go race. Uh, so far, so good. And uh, uh, I can tell she needs to get out of the stall and get. To get on that truck and, and go someplace <laughs> and have fun. <laughs> yeah. Now what, now what, are, and I, I know you probably guys, I probably hear this a lot. What are the plans with uh Charton? Is it one of those where, you know, she'll kind of go until she tells you she's done or do you guys have kind of an end goal for her, whether it be a year, two years, three years, whatever. Well, she's going to make those plans herself. Uh, I don't like to make plans for horses too, too much because you know how that goes. You know how yep. that goes. Oh, I, yeah. oh, I husband, yeah. We we would like to race her for this year, and if she's good, we'll we'll want to race her for another year because we've lost so much here. But she'll tell us what we're doing, and uh, we'll we'll abide by her decision. If she wants to race and she's good enough, she'll she'll go out and race. That, That's great be to that. hear. That's mm-hmm. awesome to hear. And uh, let's talk about a couple of other uh, – some of the up-and-comers in your barn. Uh, uh, Mike Bozich turned me on to Sniper Hanover. What an interesting One. qualifier. 156 and three. Holy smokes. Now, let me tell you, i got a good story with her. Here's the genius okay. of Tim Teaches. She comes up there, Captain Treacherous, and goes on in the sail ring. She's got a big knee. I think she had – OCD's taken out of both hocks, which doesn't usually turn trainers off. But, you know, your money trainers don't want to start with problems. She had a big knee, uh, which she still has. And, uh, you know, the OCD's. But 
uh, hey, he puts his hand up for 15. We say, oh, wow, Captain Treacherous for 15. That's, that's good. She went to North Carolina with all of our other uh, two-year-olds, uh, Gordon Corey. Uh, he's the kindergarten teacher. He teaches them everything they need to know, and then they come to us. And she got high grades from day one. Uh, that's big from Gordon. Gordon's done this long enough that he doesn't uh, start telling you, oh, here's a good one. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Jimmy went down a couple times. I think Tim went down a couple times, and uh, they they liked her. They liked her, and uh, uh, so so it's this is the genius of Tim Teacher putting his hand up for a Captain Treacherous Billy for fifteen thousand. How do you beat that? No, that's amazing. Fifteen thousand dollar sale purchase, and, you know. One one thing about it, Joanne, and uh, looking back at both of her last qualifiers, I mean, her final quarter, 27-1, 27-2, at two years old, is just amazing. Uh, uh, let me tell you, there were some smiles after that race. Uh, Ashley was there, too, helping uh, the other day. She's been there both times when she qualified, Ashley Teacher. Uh and uh, oh, uh, Tim was smiling. Ish. Oh, we were we kind of <laughs> after that last qualifier, we were. I don't know. We I don't know if we were patting ourselves on the back, patting her on the back, but we were. We were we 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 knew we had something something nice here if we can just keep it going. Uh, that's that's the thing with two year olds. Uh, but yes, yes, that's uh, we were. <laughs> pretty lucky there and uh, I have Tim to thank for that one that's for sure uh, and and I'm part of this and uh, hey I'm just lucky one here I ride around on Jimmy and Tim's coattails I'm looking smart I'm just riding along on their coattails <laughs> <laughs> so I'll take it I'll take it <laughs> one, one thing one thing about Jim Jim King is that boy is he outnumbered because you guys have a lot of star Philly power in that barn and another up-and-coming two-year-old filly you guys have is Lions Soft to Silk. And, um, this one qualified in 157-1 at Harris, Philadelphia. Improved really nicely from one qualifier to the next. Tell us a little bit about her. Oh, we like her, too. Uh, she's owned by the Lions family. And uh, uh, we got her. We just weren't really sure what we were getting. You know, she was uh, she's a Sun Beach, uh, but she has uh, – She's made us real, real happy. I'll tell you, uh, and and of course the lions, the the, the lions family, they're thrilled with her. But yeah, she's another one. She goes out there and she does her business. She's good in the stall. Uh, I think they gave, uh, I'm not sure what they gave for her, thirty thirty some thousand, I think. Uh, she wasn't a real big, big number, Billy, but uh, she's a nice one. She's a nice one. And uh, you know we also got the uh, the uh, lady Newton who is uh, she used to be I'm Cool Hanover, and she's out of a full sister to newborn Sassy. So we're kind of happy ah. with Lady Newton. She looked good the other day too, and Tim was real happy. He says, "Oh, it's just she's so much like Sassy." So so uh, Lady Newton. That those three fillies we we kind of are. Looking, looking forward for them. Real, real happy with those three fillies. 
Now let's talk about one of the uh, cult, one of the young Colts you guys have in Sweet Angel Boy, and I hope that his name matches his barn attitude, and that he is a Sweet Angel Boy. And if not, uh, he definitely looks like a uh, terror on the racetrack. And by terror, I mean a good thing because man. Did he really tear up uh, at Harris, Philadelphia in his last start? Came home in 27-4. and four. Looked really good on the racetrack. Yeah, and now my husband picked him out. Uh, he loved him, and, and, and he's out of a, a Western Ideal Mirror, and that's right down our alley, and, of course, he's by Sweet Lou. But, yes, he is a sweet angel boy. And can you believe my husband wanted to change his name? I said, no way. I love that name, sweet angel boy. But, anyway, but yes. He is such a good boy. He's another one that we're we're real thrilled with, and uh, I'm sure you 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 want to know about Boilermaker, right? Oh yeah, uh, of course I do. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's another boy that's uh, pretty special. It's him, Teacher Special, uh, which has a good story. He's out of Mixana. Mixana was a find by Tom Tietrich. Tom Tietrich bought Mixana, the, the dam of this mare, for $2,000. So wow. she was a good raceway mare, and uh, she she also is the mother of Crimson and Chrome, who's uh, no slouch. But uh, uh, this guy here, Boilermaker, he's another sweetheart, just does everything, just goes out, does his business, uh, easy to work around, just a perfect mannered horse acts like he's 10 years old in the barn. So, uh, uh, that, uh, that he, we're looking, we're looking for something good there too. Just thrilled with him. Uh, you know, we started with 15 really, uh, Colts. We've got about eight. I think we have eight of them qualified. That's pretty good for small stables. You know, we, oh, uh, and we sure. don't spend a lot. We don't spend a lot on Colts. Uh, I think we got one here that we bought ourselves, uh, 35, 45, 35, 45. Uh, we, we don't spend much on Colts, uh, really. But, uh, yeah, you know, we're real thrilled with this little group. Really, really happy when you can do that and have some fun and make some money. Wow. You know? It's going to be a big 2020 for the uh, Jim and Joanne Looney King stable. One final question. What has this partnership with Tim Tietrich been like? Uh, obviously uh, you guys have formed an amazing partnership and uh, you know, bought a few horses together. What has that been like uh, as you go forward? Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, geez, it, it, he's the greatest. He's the best. He's, I got the, got the best driver, got the best trainer and the partnership with Tim, uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Now, me, I just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but him and Jimmy, I, I make my suggestions. I do a lot of the, I do the feeding program. I need to know what's going on. I watch everything. Uh, uh, if I see something I don't like, I tell him. But he's a great partner. But let me tell you, he is a perfectionist. Show up ready to go. Show up with the right stuff. Uh, he's a perfectionist, and I know that. So it's a great, it's a great, great, great partnership. And look, he's done nothing but good for us, and I can't tell you how happy we are. And for me to have my name on a program beside Tim Tietrich, I just can't. It's a thrill every time I see it. It's just a thrill. Uh, um, I'm so happy with with this this whole thing. I it, it's just been great. Uh, I mean, hell, I'm 74. I never thought this would happen to me. I, just thought I'd still be up uh, someplace racing claimers, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Believe me, I've done it all my life. But 
oh, damn, it's nice to have some good horses at this point. Uh, really great to have good horses. I'm so happy, really. So thrilled. All right. Well, Joanne, thanks so much for taking time out this morning. And look, we look forward to seeing all of your horses, including the big mare, Sharton, on the racetrack. And uh, listen, tell Timmy, uh, tell Timmy not to pick on her too much, okay? <laughs> Don't touch that big ass anymore, right? <laughs> well, thank you so thanks, much Joanne. for having me today. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Joanne. All uh, right, Joanne Looney King, always a hoot on the program. Yannick Jingra is up next. We're going to talk some Manchego versus Atlanta. You got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USDA. Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Hey, racing fans, we all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post-time. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA. Mike Carter joining you. Uh, flying solo today as Mike Bozich gets ready for a great day of racing at Harris, Philadelphia. We're going to talk to Yannick Jingron now. And Yannick, uh, obviously uh, a big battle brewing this year between Manchego and Atlanta. And before we dive into last week's race and how Atlanta is doing, you have gotten a chance to drive both of these fine mares. And um, I, I won't even dare ask to classify which one's the best or what have you. That's not even a, that's not even a, a question. But does it kind of give you a little bit of an advantage because you know what Manchego's abilities are when you're out on the racetrack? Uh, probably not. You know, I, no matter who would be the the person in my spot, you know, you, you, you just know the other horses, whether you drive them or not. You know, at this point, maybe not as a two-year-old or something like that, but no, they're, they're both five now. So, um, you know, we race, I've seen them race both, you know, driving them or, or against them at many times that, you know, their, their weakness and their strength, uh, regardless, I would say. Now let's talk about, uh, that big battle this past weekend and, Manchego in Atlanta, and one thing about it, it's obvious that the layoff took nothing out of either mare, and Atlanta qualified really well, kind of leading up to this uh, first Miss Versatility leg. Uh, what was she like uh, kind of leading up to the leg, and uh, boy, did she put in a big effort last week. Oh, she sure did. She she trained back down. Uh, I trained her a couple times over the uh, in the last couple months, and she she was really good. And I think the time off, um, uh, as far as Atlanta, I think the time off really helped her. You know, she's a you know you have horses like that you know, between two and three and three and four and now four and five. Like yeah, they grow and stuff. But like you know, you're trying to turn them out. You know, just the amount of time that you have because you you know you want to give them as much time off as you can. 
yet you got to get ready for the next year already you know and then uh, I think the extra couple months uh, has done her tremendously good you know she looks like a million dollars she's round she filled out nice uh, she was always uh, a little more on, on the skinnier side you know what I mean she wasn't skinny but she definitely did not hold, uh, hold any extra weight the last last year anyway while uh, Wheaton or Ronnie had her but this year she, she's round like she's got a little extra weight on her still and, and it's good because you know it's going to be some like you said earlier there's going to be some battles coming up and uh, some hard racing and back-to-back and -back weeks soon, and um, so that she has extra weight on her. I think it, it's it's really good, and um, I'm really really pleased how she looks. One of the big things I know a lot of trainers and drivers say it's not even the transition from two to three that's the hardest, but it's the transition from three to four because you're having to face some of those older horses, some of those hard-knocking trotters or pacers, depending on your division. And one thing about Atlanta is she didn't let that uh, four-year-old season kind of affect her. She was really in top form, made over $700,000, uh, eight wins and 15 starts, really had a uh, really had a big year last year. Yeah, she sure did. You know, she started out, like, um, you know, really strong. She, she, she did have a – Couple, couple uh, clunker there in the middle of the year, you know, here and there. Like, not, it wasn't the, the consistency, but um, yeah, like yeah, from four to three to four, really, um, it wasn't at the beginning of the year anyway. It wasn't that big of a worry. And then you, you could tell they took a stole a little bit at the end of the year. She wasn't quite as strong at the begin then at the beginning. But uh, um, yeah, no, you're right. Like three to four is definitely the tougher one. But I'm not sure if the the age rank really, uh, you know, is as strong as it's been in, in other years past. You know, the, the boys, you know, the mares, it's tremendously strong. But uh, the boys is not the strongest, you know, in history, that's for sure, I would say. And um, it probably made it their life, those two mares, a little bit easier. But right now, I, I wouldn't pick any boys over neither one of them. I think uh, they are the two best in the age trotting rank, uh, regardless of boys or girls. Now, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, just real quick, to touch on the Breeders' Crown and one thing about Atlanta that I absolutely adore is that she really has a ton of heart down the stretch. And what I mean by that is like, she likes to fight real hard coming down the stretch. And she took her a big shot at a big horse in bold Eagle. And she didn't want to give up by any sense of the word. It's just amazing how much fight and how much grit she has. She really does. Absolutely. But, uh, and I'm in all honesty, I don't think she was nearly as good then as she was now. I think if, I mean, insight, you know, but, uh, she was she was definitely a little bit tired, so like I, I think a different should be a different horse now against those kind of horses. I, I really believe that uh, uh, the goal this year is going to try to keep her as consistent now as to the end of the year. But uh, yeah, you're right. Like she does have a lot of grit and she tries so hard. And um, you know, last even last week, you know, like uh, Manchego refused to lose and and Atlanta refused to lose. They were both like uh, just goes to show you how gritty both of them are. And then Atlanta. Um, even down by the way, I, I honestly thought I got up. I, I really did actually. And, and so did, so is Dexter. He thought I got up too. And, um, you know, so, um, you know, like I said, both of them, they didn't want to lose. It was a great race. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what life has been like for you uh, during this uh, pandemic. Obviously a uh, couple months off, you've been training down some horses. Uh, it sounds like helping qualify, get horses ready. What was the break like for you, and uh, did it give you a chance to kind of spend some time with the family? Did you guys do anything? Obviously, couldn't go much of anywhere, but do anything interesting as a uh, as a family? Oh yeah, definitely spent a lot of time as a family. The only thing we did, we you know we have a little place in Maine, so uh, you know we went to Maine for uh, for a week there, like in somewhere around April and stuff. But uh, other than that, it was just like about spending time at home. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but uh, no doubt it was nice to get back to it, but. Um, you know, it would it would have been really nice to have maybe uh, 
where where it would have been a different time of year. You know, I mean, it was kind of sucked because it was you no know, spring and it was not so nice outside and stuff. And you know, so it was really hard to do fun things with the kids. You know, but uh, but everybody's happy to be back in uh, into the swing of thing and, and be able to go. As far as um, the barn, yeah, I was going to the barn, you know, quite a bit. You know, um, just try to stay busy a little bit and you know don't want to sit in the house 24 7 so uh yeah i did get get to go to the barn and uh, help get the, the babies ready and stuff and, and and really i was happy about that they kept me sane in some ways all right well yannick thanks so much for taking time out this morning best of luck coming up over the next couple of weeks and i'll tell you i can't wait to see atlanta take on manchego some more and uh see uh see atlanta prevail some yeah, I think it's going to be like I, you know, I answered another um, somebody else asked me the other day about it, and you know, it's going to become the uh, post-position trips, you no know, sharpness, who's who's sharper at certain time, you know, uh, that that's basically what's going to make this year uh, between these two mares. I think they they're like both extremely talented, and they're very very close in talent. And then, uh, like I said, the trips and post-position are going to be so important. It's going to make it for, for a fun year. I think it's a it's great for the fans, you know, too. I think it's um, it's good for them to be um, to have a rivalry like that, in my opinion. Well, and, and one thing about it, and you brought up a great point about it being good for the fans, and, you know, we haven't seen – I mean, we've seen some rivalries, but we haven't seen a strong, strong rivalry since the always be Mickey Wiggle Jiggle It rivalry uh, back a few years ago. So this is an interesting rivalry. It happens on the trotting side, obviously, between Manchego and Atlanta, and it's two of the most dominant mares – that I think the sport has uh, ever seen. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely right there. Um, you know, um, I, I've been really spoiled to be sitting behind some great mares over the last uh, 10 years, and um, but those two definitely rank um, right there, you know, with uh, Mission Brief, Anna Laura, and, and those kind of horses. But uh, as far as rivalry goes, I, I would probably say you're right. As far as as far as two mares, I mean, from my memory, like obviously Money Maker was a tremendous horse, but I don't know if she had a rivalry with a mare. I mean, I, I don't, I don't remember, but. Uh, and even when I was driving Hanalore and stuff, she was racing the boys. But rivalry girls on girl, I think it's um, – I mean, that's a, the one I can remember anyway. It's going to be a great year of racing. Yannick, good luck to you, and uh, stay safe out there. Thank you very much. Have a good day. All right, Yannick Jingra in to talk a little bit about Atlanta. Dave Brower and I will dive into the graduate series on the back half of this timeout. You've got post time with Mike and Mike. Presented by the USDA. Back in a flash. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Bootenshane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training surface in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. From the edge of your seat starts to the white knuckle finishes. Horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. 
one that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan, PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Post time, gates moving. They're off and it is on. Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates, introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association. Mike Carter joining you live from the Post Time with Mike and Mike Studios in Columbus, Ohio. Dave Brower is in the on-deck circle. Mike Bozich has the day off, and uh, we're going to bring Dave Brower in now. Dave, we uh, we gave the slacker a day off, okay? Uh, we had to what give, are you him, doing? Uh, give him you some time give off. Guy days off. <laughs> you, you can't give him days off. Come on, he had three months off just like you and I did. It, it, it's time to go he, back to work. we got big races to take a look at here today, Mike. He uh, he told me yesterday uh, he needed a day off. I said, man, you've had three months off. I can't imagine. Uh, I can't imagine you needed another day. But uh, I'll tell you what, what an action-packed program you guys have coming up at the Meadowlands. And obviously, I know we. I said we we're going to talk a little bit about the graduate series. But, Dave, there's a couple of horses dropping from the graduate at Tioga that could potentially produce uh, a couple of prices. Um, I noticed Escape to the Beach is dropping down in class. Uh, this week, you've got Think Big, Dream Big dropping into a condition, along with Sham Wow, who uh, was a respectable third. So some interesting uh, plays that could potentially draw a little bit of value. Well, I'll tell you what, Mike, I'm, I'm actually just finishing up my uh, race reviews and comments for Saturday as I get the uh, late driver changes right around 1030 from our program director, Kelly Potaski. And I'll tell you what, there's some really intriguing spots this weekend. I don't think we're going to have a complete chalk fest like we did last weekend with the 18 race cards, lots and lots of favorites. This week is going to be completely different because a lot of the morning line favorites and a lot of power have outside posts. Now you just referenced, you know, a couple of horses there escape to the beach. You know, I've got him at 10 to one in the morning line. That's how tough that race is. I mean, you've got, you've got the return of Paul dark stranger who needs to start or two before hitting the Meadowlands pace. So Nancy Tactor elects to put him in against the older foes in that same field. Of course, is the devil's own who has been so impressive for big red Kelvin Harrison, two for two here at the Meadowlands. He handled the class hike uh, last time, but he's got post nine there. So that's another race. You know, listen, if tall dark stranger doesn't bring his a game, you know, he may uh, get collared a little bit. Tough, tough, tough race. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting program Saturday night. Two divisions of the Graduate Series trot. And, Dave, we got a chance to see some of these big trotters at Tioga Downs 
and Jim Panzi was very much the best on that day. Uh, obviously, put in a monster effort. But let's talk before we get into him. Let's talk about the sixth race, and it is a full field of nine. Um, you've got Don't Let Him, uh, who has qualified twice leading up to uh, his first start uh, in his four-year-old season. Remember, Don't Let Him was on the Hamiltonian Trail, actually closed nicely in the Kentucky Futurity, which you were at uh, in Kentucky. I was. Uh, you've got Reign of Honor, Westland Quest. There's, this is a pretty nice field of horses. It's, it's a very good field of horses, and it's, this is one of the few almost impossible races to bet, Mike, unless you have a really strong opinion, because let's start with Don't Let Him. You and I both know this poor horse has driven Nancy Tactor completely crazy. You know, he, he either shows up and wants to play and can trot in 49, or he makes a mysterious break. You have no idea what right. you're going to get. He made that mysterious break in his first qualifier back on May 30th, a couple of weeks off, and then he came back and looked super in the follow-up. But, like you said, this is not a field of slouches. Reign of Honor has been <laughs> tremendous. Soul Strong is Dexter Dunn's choice in there. It will be very good for the team Swanstead. But he's got an outside post. So you either you, you, this is the kind of race where, like, you either key don't let him on top or you throw him out and take a shot. Yeah, that's one of those things where, you know, you got to look at it and go, okay, is, is the real don't let him going to show up tonight? And that's the kind of risk you have to take. I, I agree with you when you say it's one of those where you have to key him or toss him because if he makes a miscue, he could, you could potentially make some money. Yeah, I don't know how short of a price he's going to be. I made him, you know, like a tepid three-to-one morning line favorite. But nobody knows what Don't Let Him is going to do. Nancy doesn't know. Yannick doesn't know. They won't know until he gets out on the track and, and, and whether he behaves or not. Now, after I hang up with you, I'm actually going to reach out to Nancy. She's always very good about giving me some comments, you know, for the race reviews and the program. And can't wait to see okay. what she tells me about this one. You know, we'll, we'll get the updates on all of them because, you know, Tall Dark Stranger making his sophomore debut. We'll get a comment on Don't Let Him. And we'll get a comment on Sorella for Nancy Tactor, who won her okay. debut for the barn. And she's taken on the boys in a three-year-old open trot in the fourth race on Saturday night against major Hamiltonian contenders like Amigo Volo, Back of the Neck, Synergy, and Maester Raymond. So I, I'm anxious to see why, you know, she opted to race her against the boys right off the bat. I mean, she told me a couple of weeks ago it's just been difficult to get these horses in, and they have to have races before, you know, we get to Hamiltonian time. So it would be very interesting to see what she has to say. Yeah, we'll jump into that here in a second. Uh, let's bounce to race number 10 real quick and talk about a nice field of horses. Obviously, Jim Panzee is going to be the bet on Saturday night for a lot of people. It will probably be a shorter price, but I, I want to delve away from Jim Panzee for a second and talk about Chin Chin Hall. Dexter Dunn picks up the drive for Nifty Norman and you know, one thing about Chin Chin Hall, Dave, is he's never been a huge winner. He shows up and wins a couple of times a season, but he's one of those horses that manages to make his way onto the bottom half of tickets at pretty big odds. Well, that's a good point, but he's not going to be that big of a price in this particular spot, Mike. Um, Nifty has done a, 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 just a major league job of, of taking over and getting this horse to be a good, useful racehorse. His effort up at Tioga chasing Jim Panzee, you know, I thought that was one of his best career races, to be honest with you. Now, the hobbles have come off this year. That's a very, very good sign. He's got two good starts under his belt. I know he's the pride of co-owner David McDuffie, who always wants to talk about Chin Chin Hall, so their hopes are high, but... <laughs> Let's be realistic here. You and I both know he's facing a double team. 
you know, Melander's got a very good horse in Grand Swan. Tim Tetrick will pick up that drive. And, of course, Jim Panzee is just an absolute monster. He might be the best older trotter in training right now. Yeah, obviously not having to deal with uh, the great green shoe. Uh, Jim Panzee kind of fell into that top uh, top trotter in training right now. But, you know, one thing about Jim Panzee, Dave, is he was not – it wasn't that he was a quote-unquote slouch last year because he – I mean, he's taken the Breeders' Crown home two years in a row. He's been a great horse since day one, sometimes overshadowed by his more heralded stable mate. We can understand that. But guess what? He's older. He looks stronger to me at this point now at age four, and he will take the next forward step. Now, the race I really want to watch, which will come up uh, maybe in the Cutler or something like that, is Jim Panzee against Guardian Angel Oz. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, I like Guardian Angel as, uh, for trainer Annette Lorenzen. And Annette's got a couple of good ones on the barn. And, you know, she always manages to sneak in uh, with a couple. And Guardian Angel AS, we actually got to see out here uh, first I know. Uh, before yeah. most of the country. Uh, she brought him out here to uh, to Scioto Downs and uh, race a couple of times with uh, Elliot Deaton in the bike. Yeah, it, it was a good prep, that one from the eight hole with a tough trip. And then, of course, we saw what Guardian Angel Lost did last week. That That's as good as he can be, you know, and Tim Tietrich gets along with him oh so well. Um, you know, it, it, it was interesting that Annette chose to, you know, bring her horses back from this layoff, if you want to call it, out in Ohio. And now she's probably shipped most of the barn here uh, to the East Coast. And uh, she's got some good ones. And they're going to they're gonna campaign Guardian Angel at the very top level all season. And we'll see how good he is. What do you make of Princess Deo from post 10 uh, drops in from Miss versatility uh, with seventh after making a break in the graduated Tioga. Um, I'm anxious to kind of see what Andrew McCarthy does, but post 10 is a little bit tough. Yeah, he will be taking back to last. I have her at 20 to one on the morning line and she'll, she'll end up being 50 to one by the time they spring the gate probably. And they will race her from behind and just see, uh, see if she's good or not. All right. Well, uh, the three-year-old open trot uh, back in race number four. I'm gonna kind of throw you throw you a wild card here. I know we said we talked about the graduate, but you brought up some good points uh, in a couple other races, and you got to see okay. a couple of these qualifiers uh, at the Meadowlands. Um, I know you've been watching some of the uh, live streaming at Gateway and Magical Acres. They've been doing some great work out there, and so let's talk about Amigo Volo uh, for uh, for a minute. Amigo uh, Volo enters his three-year-old season off a pretty nice campaign last year, uh, rounded out the season, uh, making a break in the Valley victory, but did make, or excuse me, did have a victory at Dover in the matron um, against some really nice horses. Uh, looks like Amigo Volo is training well into his three-year-old season. I would, I would agree with that completely. Now, listen, he, he showed signs of specialness out in Lexington last fall, you know, world record kind of performances yep. here. And it's typical of Nifty Norman to bring a horse back like this. He's got qualifiers into him all from well off the pace. Now in this last one where he finished third, Dexter left just a hair with him to settle into fourth. There wasn't much pace up front. And then he just angled him and let him trot out willingly to the end. That's exactly what they were looking for. So if you want to bet on him, to try to beat the Philly. Uh, I, I wouldn't talk you off him. He's in a perfect slot post four there. We'll give Dexter options. I don't know who the favorite will be because, you know, the winner of that qualifier, which was almost a handball like qualifier, was Maester Raymond, who's come back much stronger this year at age three. 
uh, for Marcus Melander. He showed some talent last year too, but they, you know, they babied him. He's developed into a real nice horse, and he showed a lot of grit and guts in that qualifier last Saturday to fight off challenges on both sides. That's something you don't see too often. And, you know, Brian Sears asked him a little bit, but, you know, not a lot, which is his typical style of driving and qualifiers. So this is going to be a good one. Remember, you know, this isn't the main goal for all of these horses. It, of course, is the Hamiltonian or the Oaks in the case of Sorella, you know, coming up in uh, just a few weeks. So they're looking to get good starts into these horses, you know, and let them finish strong. It's confidence. So you got to let them finish strong. You know who's looked like they have grown up a little bit is number six, Synergy. Uh, obviously, was a little bit of a disappointing effort in the Breeders' Crown at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Uh, after winning the Breeders' Crown elimination the week before in 55, come right back. Um, you know, there had to be high, high hopes for Synergy and, uh, you know, just couldn't get there towards the end. Uh, passed a couple of horses, but tired late in the mile. But the qualifiers coming back, 26-2 and two on the back end, at the Meadowlands in a qualifier, that's moving some for these trotters. You're right. They all sprinted home. Synergy stayed glued to the pylons under Yannick Jingra in that particular spot, and I loved his effort. I thought he was loaded with good trot. Our Jess Otten spoke to Yannick uh, in, a, in a back paddock interview Saturday night. She asked him about this qualifier, and Yannick was very you know, positive about it. But here's the bottom line if you're going to bet this race on, on Saturday night. Yannick was listed on the Philly, Sorella for Nancy Tactor. Yannick was listed on Synergy, who he's driven, I think, in just about every start. He took the Philly. So does that tell us something? Or, you know, I, I don't know. We have to wait and find out. Interesting. And another name that I see in the program, an interesting name, George Brennan, coming back to Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment to, uh, to drive on a decent amount of uh, decent amount of horses, or at least that's what the proof says. Is that the case? Yes, and he got penciled in, I think, on a couple of uh, other, you know, the doubles and choices like that. So it's always nice to have Georgie around. He provides a little spark to the colony here. Now, you know, it's all about, you know, well, yeah, no, it's all about, you know, how how soon Yonkers is going to go back to their five nights a week. I think that's three or four weeks away. I mean, they started with uh, three cards a week, and then they're going to go to four, and then they're going to go to five. So at that point, I think he will probably, you know, take his business back over to Yonkers. But for now, you know, it's lots of fun to have him. And if he picks up any serious, you know, stakes drives along the way, then, you know, we'll see him for those occasions. Now let's talk uh, real briefly uh, before we let you go about Team Triton. They have really stepped up and made their presence felt at the Meadowlands over the past uh, couple of weekends that you guys have started racing. And one of their horses is in the 11th race. It's God's Spirit. And that 150 and one uh, effort was very nice considering that God's Spirit was parked to the first quarter in 26 and four, kind of rashed out the speed a little bit. They have really got a nice stable of horses uh, that they brought over. And they have a couple that you haven't even seen yet because I've been in contact with Shane uh, at his farm up in Pine Bush, and it's taken them a little while to get these horses in the box and qualified. So it was, but the patience has paid off for them. And this is a serious guy. He, you know, he can get one to go. A champion down under trainer, the son of uh, uh, Peter Tritton, and he does all of the barn work and things like that with his wife Lauren. So it's a team effort. Uh, he's been very good to me, giving me some comments for the program and things like that. God's spirit. You know, he, he was very positive on him, said he's, a, you know, an open-level kind of a horse. But the one they really like is Flaming Flutter. He's back in the box, too. Shane did say this to me the other day. He said, boy, I got no luck from the post gods. Everything drew outside this week, post nines, post tens. So we'll see. Those horses are all forced to step up in class. You know how it is. 
You catch them on the way oh, up, yeah. but I think they're both great, and Jordan Stratton has done a wonderful job driving them. 18 races last week. I got to ask uh, real quick, right. what was that like? Yeah. What was that like? It was a little – it was long. You know, it's, it's not only just showing up on Friday and Saturday for a six-and-a-half-hour yep. broadcast, but it's the Wednesday and the Thursday morning when I got to, you know, crank out all these comments and morning lines and stuff like that. We got through it. You know, I, I was able to give Ken a little break during the baby races. Dave Little came in and called some of them because can you imagine – when have you ever had to call, let's see, 18, 18 – and then what did we have, 17 or 16 qualifiers? So poor Ken that, showed an awful lot of stamina last weekend, and I give him credit. Uh, the only announcer that even, I even could see coming close to that would be Ayers Ratliff with all of his qualifiers yeah. and then the 15 <laughs> and 15. But that's not, you know, it's not even a fair judgment because Meadowlands normally has, what, 12, 13 races or 14 races a week or 14 races well, a night, rather, not 18. Yeah. We're back – we're back to our regular schedule of 13s, and I think that's going to stick for a little while. So back to 715 post this weekend, 13 races both nights, plenty of betting opportunities, and I'm just telling you, folks, it's not going to be the chalk parade that we had last weekend. We're going to see some upsets. I hope you and everybody else out there can pick out a few good ones. All right. Well, Dave, listen, good luck this weekend. And uh, listen, uh, stay, you know, I say, I want to say stay warm because it's cool here in Ohio. <laughs> so stay, stay warm out there. We're going to send some uh, chilly weather to you if, uh, if you're not careful. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd like to have it. It's been 90 all week here and I think it's going to be close to 90 <laughs> again on Friday and Saturday. So long, long, uh, long, hot days ahead, but that's what we do this for. Exactly. All right, Dave, we'll be talking with you here shortly as uh, we head to the road to the Meadowland Pace here in just a couple of short weeks. All right. See you soon, Mike. Hope to have you out for that weekend, too. Thanks, bud. All right. Uh, all right. Dave Brower from Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. We're going to take one final time out. When we come back, we'll wrap this thing up. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the USTA. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. All right. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy day to join us here at Post Time with Mike and Mike. We'll see you back here next Thursday, first post of 1030. Good night, everybody.
Home. I know. 